Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. Happy to be here. Uh, Jocelyn, I don't know if you caught the good news this week. Uh, it wasn't reviews for any particular game that we're not allowed to talk about. <laughs> um, I know. I've been, oh man, I've been avoiding those reviews like the plague. They pop up in my Twitter feed and I'm like, no, that's a bad Twitter. <laughs> yeah. No, Twitter's, Twitter's had its moments. and But I did discover this great news on Twitter. So it turns out uh, Paramount Plus had like a bunch of announcements for something. I, I People just started retweeting stuff. So like softball. Um, it appears as though Halo, the series, has been renewed for a second season, so yay. Um, it's getting the Witcher treatment. It's so expensive that they have to greenlight two seasons. <laughs> a follow-up, yep. <laughs> yeah. Also, probably news that came across your feed multiple times. Uh, no, now the tweet won't load. There you go. It's it, it's too hot for the internet. Is there a, <laughs> They've confirmed a third Sonic film, and there's another one, and... They have said that they're going to do a live action series focused on Knuckles on Paramount Plus. Does that not get the subscriptions rolling or what? <laughs> okay, I will say um, I am glad for people who enjoyed Sonic that it is getting support and that it seems like they are, I don't know, taking it seriously, giving it a, a, like it's due. I don't know. I mean, for you guys that like Sonic, I'm glad, but I'm just like, oh. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hate like I um, I've had a couple of people like going at me on the Internet over the last couple of days about like just stuff that I like. And it's super annoying. I'm like, just let me like the stuff that I like. And then I realize I've been doing the exact same thing to people who like Sonic, including <laughs> you. So I'm trying very hard not to do that. <laughs> I recognize uh, that sonic is it's it like liking liking it is a strong word it's it's pretty good but like i'm not sitting here being like oh man i'm stoked that we're getting a third sonic movie and a series like i think i was fine with there being another movie but i don't know what a knuckles series does <laughs> i feel like this just stinks of like oh my god we got idris elba uh what do we do with him uh let's give him a tv show <laughs> just don't let him go <laughs> i mean i wouldn't want to let him go either right, right? Like, if you have Idris Elba <laughs> you, you have know. the talent like you just keep giving him projects <laughs> yeah especially if he's gonna be I mean and it's it's uh they did a trailer for there was the Super Bowl um you know spoiler alert uh I, I mean I don't watch the Super Bowl I was gonna make a, a bad joke about the Super Bowl but uh they had a, a trailer for Sonic 2 and it's like it it looks like more of the same except now there are two more animated characters in it you know and it's <laughs> it looks pretty silly to be honest um sillier than the first one so we'll see how it goes but i'm cautiously optimistic that uh crazy robotnik jim carrey will uh once again lift that film into uh another discussion on the show so we'll see we'll see there's a, there are a lot of cool uh, announcements in this Paramount Plus thread i will say um mostly i'm stoked about uh, quiet place i love that series yeah, what is, th is that? So it's a movie and a TV show or, or it's two movies? Uh, it's two movies right now, but there's a part three coming in a couple of years. So oh. I just very much I love the universe. Yeah, no, that's great. And there's a video game coming up for. Uh, yes, there is. Quiet Place. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's all I had. I just wanted to update you on Sonic. And you I just, mean, yeah. Yeah. 
I know you just want. Yeah, I know. Every <laughs> every time you've got some good news off the top of the show, I should just expect that it's going to be Sonic because it's always Sonic. Well, we we even got tweets about it. Like I think people expected. Oh, at we this did. Stage we did <laughs> that. Uh, that we have to talk about it off the top of the show just to get it out of the way, so the news isn't overshadowed by any other possible video game stuff. So you know, it is what it is. Uh, April 8th. I love that you think that Sonic is so important that it deserves to be off the top of the show instead of down in news where every other announcement ever of anything goes. Look, I, you know, this is how it gets cut, though. You put it in the, ba- the back end of the show and we run late like we're doing now. We're five minutes in and we haven't even talked about any video games. I find that if we wait to the end of the show, it can sometimes get cut. So I, I kind of... It, yeah, no, I have no excuse. I here. understand. I just bump it up. <laughs> I understand. As a joke. It's a joke, really. Like, I just like rubbing it in that Sonic is still <laughs> just around. Sonic still gets so much support all yeah. the time. Oh, I get it. Well, I like I said, I am glad for people who enjoy Sonic that they are getting more Sonic content. Hopefully it is up to the standards of the first movie. <laughs> So <laughs> diplomatic of you right? to I tried so hard. <laughs> now it's no fun. Now it's no fun. I guess now I won't I won't do it anymore. So it worked. I'm just I gonna win. put it in the back of the show. And if it gets cut, I'll be like, yep, that's fine. I'll move on with my life. It's all good. <sighs> <sighs> How is your week in actual gaming been? What have you been up to? What have you been playing? Well, I have been slowly chipping away at my holiday purchases. And by slowly, I mean I got through two before uh, the game that shall not be mentioned comes out um, soon. So I, I played Death's Door. Okay, wait. Before we get into it, mm. why are we not mentioning Forbidden West? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It comes out tomorrow. I'm so excited. I know. Why are, why are we calling it the game that shall not be named? I don't like, know why. We really have a news story here. I know. It. Like, Are you just like worried that if I start talking about Forbidden West, I just won't talk about anything <laughs> else? Like, Is that what's happening? <laughs> I mean... Would that be a necessarily an incorrect worry of some kind? That's not at all it. I'm, it's just a bit. So I yeah, I haven't even played it yet. <laughs> so I have nothing to talk about until next week. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I have n- I have not played it either. I I pre-ordered it today. So there's that. I also pre-ordered it today. <laughs> oh well, then okay. Yeah. So you know, uh, here come the Discord comments. Like says won't talk about Forbidden West, but continues yeah. to talk about. So you pre-ordered it. <laughs> I did. So you have a plan to get rid of that code. Uh, I don't have a plan to get rid of the code yet, but um, I I think I'll probably just end up doing a giveaway or something. That's good. Because everyone should have Forbidden West in their life. Yeah. <laughs> so in the sense of um, your uh, shipment, it, did you get any update or is it, has it not even moved? Uh, the only update I have is they took the money out of my bank account. <laughs> right. So... <laughs> So that has happened. So my um, my super ultra mega special edition is on its way in some way, shape or form. But I haven't gotten a shipping notice. So since I didn't get a shipping email today, I was like, OK, if I don't get the email today, they're not going to send it out today, which means I'm not going to have it tomorrow. So I'm just going to I'm just going to purchase my digital edition. Then we'll be ready to go for stream tomorrow night. And uh, and I'll give the code away somehow when it gets here. Maybe next week. Who knows? I don't know. I haven't. I haven't thought any further than I need to play the game on Friday. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 all of my decision making process. That's totally fine. I'm in the same boat. Although, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what time I actually get get to it. But I'm hoping Friday night at the latest for sure. You can uh, you can download it now. You can oh. reload it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I should turn on the PlayStation to make sure that that's actually happening. And or there's enough space. 
Uh, I got to juggle some things, but. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think of that. Oh, well. Anyways, no more Forbidden West talk till we get to the news. But what have you actually been playing? <laughs> so I'm playing Death's Door, which I've been playing since the holidays, kind of chipping away at it. I have finished it and it's on Game Pass now. I did not play it on Game Pass. You have finished it. OK, I did not finish it. I got um, not very far, I will say. I played a couple. Well, maybe not even a couple hours. I played somewhere between an hour and two hours. Um, and so I've defeated like. I will say like two bosses, like I got the the death's door splash screen thing. I talked to the old crow guy um, and now I've been kind of set off into the there's like three different directions you can go. And I'm assuming they're going to be like three different realms with different bosses. Right. So I've like I've like gone through that cemetery area, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, the, that first little area there and um have you met the, I, I guess I'll just say, have you met the big crow? The 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 older crow, I guess? Yeah, the old guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, so the, yeah, you've gotten a good shot. I mean, you get the sense of the game. Yes, yeah. I did feel, because like I said, I did two boss fights. Um, and so like the, the very first like almost tutorial boss fight. And then the one where you like fight the big castle thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, I will say, like, it's um, it gave me, I think, a, a fairly decent um, idea of how the game's going to play. And it was uh, it was OK. I mean, I will say the visuals are really cool and like fighting that big um, like castle boss <laughs> was really, really int- it's like this this gothic castle that kind of like comes to life and starts like moving around and like trying to stomp you into mush. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of the bosses uh, and sub bosses have that sort of feel of this, like it kind of feels like a mixture, like a more cartoon version of um, like a Tim Burton stop motion type thing. It's definitely mm. more cartoony, but it's, it's not as like um, stiff, but it's still got that feel there's specifically some moments later on in the game where you start meeting some of the other antagonists where you, you get this um, this more like cartoon feel of, of like a like a Tim Burton or um, even like a classic Disney, you know. Uh, OK, yeah. So there's there's some there's some really cool aesthetics as the game moves forward. And, and it is it's got a lot of humor to it as well. Um, I got called a little shit by a grandma. So that was fun. <laughs> Um, I've talked to a bunch of the crows in like the main office area and yeah, they're, they're pretty funny too. I will say I do like the, the sense of humor that they've infused in the game. So if you guys don't know, Death Store is, uh, you play as a little crow who has, uh, melee abilities and well, I was, I guess a melee ability, a melee attack, a ranged attack, and, um, you're a reaper. So it's your whole Reason for being is to go into the mortal realm and claim souls. And uh, you start the game trying to claim a giant soul. Uh, You manage to kill the giant soul, but then it gets stolen from you. So you have to go and try to get it back. And until you get it back, you can't have another reaping assignment. And also, the longer it takes, the closer you get to death. (laughs) Because I guess once you... When you're in the... I don't know, death's realm, I guess. Um, you you don't age or anything. But as soon as you go into the mortal realm, then time starts ticking again. So you're trying to spend as little time in there as possible and as much time in frozen timeland as you can. Yeah. Uh, that's not an actual like game mechanic. That's just the like canonical universe. 
Yeah, there's a it, it, it's it's there just for story. I mean, to explain exactly, yeah. you know why there is like a giant crow. Why there's is, a giant old crow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that has stolen your uh your the soul that you you found and and essentially after that moment like you kind of um you kind of get to this area of like okay, I'm not going to give you the soul back, but we're going to try to break down death's door and in order to do that we need three other big souls to kind of work together to to take it out. So that leads you on your quest to uh fight three different bosses now originally i thought in in my place so i did finish it i I originally thought that you could do whichever one you wanted um but then as i was continuing through the game i'm pretty sure you required a lot of your uh spells that you unlock to actually go, go a bit further in the game so like you have these spells sort of like a metroidvania where you're or well in this case like a zelda game um you're you need these abilities to like get past a certain point. So for example, um, the first ability you get is a bow and arrow, a magic bow and arrow. And you use that to hit switches and, and stuff, simple stuff like that. Yeah. But, but then there are other spells, like there's a there's a fire spell, there's, um, and you see these a lot around the, the world. There is a, a hook shot spell. Uh, you see these like sort of pedestals lying around with like little uh, red ribbons on them. Those are, those are hook shot points. They're all over the place. So there's like a bunch of little secrets that you can get as you unlock these abilities. So very Zelda-like. Mm. Um, now, I said it was like a 2D Zelda game, but you're saying... I know it's in 3D, but... Yeah, it's a 3D game. <laughs> yeah, but like it's, it's a 2D. Zelda, like a 2D... It's like, isometric. Yes, it's isometric. It's what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, someone go update the Steam page because I'm pretty sure it also says 2D Zelda adventure-like, so... <laughs> There you go. Uh, no, it's it's an isometric Zelda game, similar to I guess the most recent would be Link's Awakening, that that remake they did on the Switch. Um, this is obviously like a smaller version of that. Like it's a short game. I hesitate to say how long it took me to beat in case Justin uses that as a <laughs> you know uh, a reason to. <laughs> well, okay, I don't think that there's as much RNG luck in Death's Door as there is an in inscription. So I think it's fine because it seemed like there was going to be kind of four bosses. So there was going to be the three areas with each of these giant souls that you need to unlock Death's Door. And then there's going to be something behind the door, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was kind of like how I figured like that was going to change. So I figured it would be about a 10 hour game at most. Yeah, so it's about, I I did it in 13. Uh, There is like sort of a post-game thing that I haven't finished yet, um, nor do I, I'm not sure if I'm going to, because it's basically just like a a long fetch quest to to get like a a further ending. I felt pretty good with the ending that you get just finishing the game. Um, But yeah, it's a, like it's a, it's a fun um, experience in terms of like i really like those isometric zelda games like they were some of my favorite my biggest hang up on the game having gone through it is there's no map i don't understand why yeah you know games think it's fun to not have a map it's one of my biggest frustrations with this game is there's no map i get lost constantly I I got lost a lot as well just in that first starting area and there's some points where I was like okay I need to get to the platform that's below me why can't I just like drop down or something and it's like well no you have to go all but it's almost like the the layout or the design of the areas is confusing on purpose like you have to go way out of your way in order to get right below you do you know what I mean? Like, 
it was very rarely that you would just like have a ladder to get down to where you needed to go. It was like you would have to go around like half of the area to loop back around to get to above or below where you just were. Like it felt like they were trying to confuse you and trying to get you lost. Like it's the kind of game where because it doesn't have a map, it makes me feel like I should be drawing on a piece of paper or something because you can't um, you can't like scroll around. You can't like um, detach the camera from your character and like look around. You can't there is no like Ryan said, there's no map in a menu or anything. So you just have to kind of try to remember where you've been and where you're going. And at first it feels very like even though there's all these twisty turny paths, it does feel quite linear because you haven't unlocked stuff yet or you haven't dropped down ladders. You haven't. But as soon as you start to, I guess, unlock those shortcuts, then the map is so confusing. (laughs) You're like, wait, is that the ladder that I want? No, wait, that's not the ladder that I want. I wanted to go the other way. And yeah, it just oftentimes I found myself on a platform right next to where I wanted to be, but unable to get to the next spot. (laughs) It was, it was very difficult to navigate. And that's only in the very first area. I can only imagine how it gets like in, in later areas. Yeah. Well, like the hub world or the hub area kind of connecting the three separate areas that you're going to fight these bosses. That's where it was getting confusing for me. And yeah, it's, it's a, this open area, but it's all separated by, you know, levels of, of, uh, of buildings and underground passageways. And there are a bunch of shortcuts. Like, this is the thing, like, they do make uh, the maps as you progress through them complex and drawn out so that you're fighting enemies and you have to actually, there's like a challenge to progress. But then there are shortcuts that you lock both. Yes, um, yeah. Shortcuts that are, you know, new ladders or open opening gates. I really liked that. Um, especially one area of the game where you're, uh, it's like a, you're on a mountain and you're trying to traverse the mountain and like, you're going off in wild directions in the right and the left, and then coming back to the main sort of pathway and unlocking new, new gates and stuff. And that allows you to be able to, if you die, kind of just scoot right through these gates. Just walk straight up the mountain. Yeah. See that, that kind of makes sense. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. At least, you know, it was very easy to find your way back after you died. I found a lot of times when I, well, not a lot of times, because obviously I didn't play that much, but the few times that I did die, it would like scoot me back to the, to the beginning. And then I was like, oh man, (laughs) where the heck am I? Like, how do I get back to that boss I was just fighting? (laughs) Yeah. And you know, you find these, so as you're going through, you're finding these little uh, doors uh, that you, I, I don't know if they're called different from death doors, but for the case of this game, we'll call them death doors. You find these like doors or crow doors or whatever that basically unlock uh, a shortcut back to the hub, to the actual hub world. Not There is like an area in the main world that is sort of all connected to everything, but there is a uh, a central area where you have access to all of your crow doors to uh, to access parts of all, across the entire map of the game. Okay, so you're talking about the office, right? Because there's yeah. kind of the office and the cemetery. Yeah, so the office is sort of like your portal shortcut, and then the cemetery is like, I guess, the overworld area. I, okay. It's hard to, like, but that's essentially it. Like, the, the, the office, it, it, eventually there are you know, tens, uh, like 30 doors that you can access that get you across the entire game. And that is really helpful to be able to jump back and forth um, to say if you want to unlock new abilities, so you're collecting souls, like uh, small souls, I guess, you're using those to uh, increase your abilities in combat and haste and 
um, your magic and whatnot. Uh, and, and then you can hop back into the world. But as soon as you get to a point in the game where you say, oh, I want to go and collect, like in a typical Zelda game, if you collect four parts of a specific diamond, you'll get an extra chunk of health. Um, same thing for magic. There's a, there's a red diamond for magic and, and green for health. Uh, and as soon as you say, okay, I'm going to go try to find those. You're like, okay, how do I, how do I know where I've already been? You know? Mm -hmm. And and I get, I get the idea that like this game wants to present you with the freedom to do what, what you want, like go in any direction you want. But like, for me, it feels like a, like a disrespect towards our time of like, we're not going to give you a map because that would make that would make it too easy, you know? Like, y- you would have the ability to mark on your map and, and say, oh, I'm going to come back to this. There's something satisfying about, e- you know, Breath of the Wild and other Zelda games or any game with a map that you can drop pins <laughs> on and say, oh, I don't have my bomb yet. I'm going to come back to this point. Like, M- Metroid's a perfect example. Like, uh, that Metroid Dread added pins to their map. And the ability to see something that you can't do yet and decide, Oh, I got, I'm going to come back to this later. I love the ability that I don't, I don't have to remember something that, um, I'm definitely not going to remember. Like, again, like I'm like, Oh, I got to remember to come back to this gray wall that had a crack in it, you know, that I happened to come (laughs) across. Um, it just got in the way of fully enjoying the game. But again, like once I sort of pushed that out of my mind and just like, you know what, I'm going to enjoy the story and progress and, and and because I was enjoying the combat, enjoying the puzzles, got lost a couple times just in terms of like had to look up a guide to figure like okay what am I missing here, you know there there are some rough edges when you're trying to even progress through a dungeon like you can get lost and then find yourself not knowing what to do, and that that can be frustrating. But I still enjoyed like the combat and and whatnot. I never got really got stuck on that. I thought I would because it is kind of like that dodge roll you know slash a bit dodge roll type thing um similar to dark souls but uh it's a little tighter than that like i feel like it's it's closer to a zelda than it is a dark souls um there was one boss that gave me a lot of trouble which was uh, the yeti and it would like it would do this really fast roll and it would always catch me it was super frustrating and uh you you can't heal in in mid combat you've basically got four hits five if you've found enough health chunks um which isn't a lot so as soon as you get hit four times you have to start the boss fight over again which is yeah and i did find too again i only did the the two boss fights but i found that like things hurt you that you wouldn't expect to hurt you like, even if the boss isn't doing an attack, you can't touch the boss, you know? No. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> but they're not attacking me. There's a, This is just a tentacle. It's not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. it's uh, th- There are little moments like that where, um, you know, we always say about Dark Souls, it's like, it's it's not the game's fault. It's, it's it, you, like, it's always, if a game is difficult, it's always good if it feels like, uh, it's going to sound weird, but it's always good if it feels like it's your fault. Because if it's the game's fault, you can say, oh, this game is broken, I'm going to go play something else. But in the case of, you know, Death's Door, I think sometimes that is it, where you feel you've you've dodged something or, or you've moved out of the way fast enough, but something still hits you. That feels like it's not my fault (laughs) you know yeah and i mean um i did i did come across a bit of that uh especially like when you are in boss fights that have like aoe attacks um specifically the lot the last fight kind of gave me some trouble 
Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those games that it is such a short experience. You can get in, you know, you can get out and have a good time with it. I think it's, uh, it's worth checking out even if, you know, now that it's on game pass, I feel like it's worth it. Yeah. This is another game pass title, but it's also on steam. It's available on switch too. I think, um, like it's, it's basically available everywhere. And I think, uh, I think this would be a good switch game. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I I think just uh, the the idea of it being like this, you know what it kind of reminded me of kind of reminded me of the aesthetics of like Monument Valley, sort of like these. Yes, kind of. Yeah, I can see that comparison for sure. Yeah, Yeah, the graphically, the game looks really cool. And, um, you know, I I was actually uh, playing it with the with the kids around. Um, now before anyone reacts that has played this game, there is an accessibility option where you can turn off blood. There's like weirdly inexplicably, like as you're fighting enemies, just blood strewn all over the place, not to like a grotesque amount, but just like enough where it's like, really, do we need to, you know, have blood everywhere, you know, and the body's just like flump down. It's not like Zelda where when someone, when an enemy dies, yeah, nothing they... poofs away. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I did turn that off and, you know, the kids and I had fun playing, uh, or they had fun watching me play uh, this game, especially when the Yeti was kicking my butt. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's um, it's a really cool aesthetic, and I really enjoy those, you know, that old school Zelda feel. I just wish it was as, you know, uh, I I don't want to say forgiving as Zelda because I think a map isn't being forgiving. I think a map is just like a critical function of these type of games. You know, well, yeah, I mean, even Zelda gives you maps. You just have to go like find the compass, but it gives you maps. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, even just like an overworld map, just to, like I, I had to I had to use a guide more than I wanted to because I, I got lost or wanted to find a specific part of a puzzle or or whatever. But but I still had fun doing it. And I had a lot of fun with the with the combat and the writing again, like the writing is really solid. I think they did a good job with that. And um, there's no voice acting. It's all stuff you have to read, but, uh, but again, it still lands. Um, mm-hmm. there's, uh, there, and there is a hint system too, which I thought was funny. No map, but there is this guy you can go just doesn't cost you anything. You just go into this like restaurant and, uh, and this kind of goes back <laughs> to, um, I saw the restaurant when you first started because you kind of like walk up the street towards your office as a reaper and there it looked like there was this like restaurant thing and I was like what is this here for there's nobody here what's going on so that's the hint spot no actually it's in the it's in the main world it's in the uh the main world and it's um it's like this uh it looks like this cantina like sort of place and you walk into it and it's it's this it's a dead guy but like it's a dead guy with an octopus on its back and the octopus is basically controlling the body <laughs> and the octopus is trying to play off as if he's like just this, you know, ornate backpack. It's like Ratatouille, but... <laughs> yeah, well, except the guy's dead and, and the octopus yeah. is clearly using this dead body as at a restaurant. Like it's... As a cover. <laughs> there's a lot of problems with this setup. Uh, hygiene being one. And... Um, <laughs> anyways it's uh they you go up into this restaurant and it'll actually give you hints which which i thought was a nice touch it basically says like hey have you tried like going through a sewer grate you're probably strong enough to do that now and like for the whole game i didn't know what these like metal plates were on the ground oh 
Oh, okay. I've seen though. I've yeah. come across a couple of those and I thought they were like teleportation portals or something. I like, thought so too. They'd start glowing at some point in time. <laughs> yep. I thought the same thing. I figured, you know what? I'll come back to these, no doubt. Turns out like at 10 hours, I had to look it up because the hint kept being served to me by this you know, octopus zombie. Octopus man? Yeah. Octopus zombie. (laughs) Well, I guess like, yeah, it's, I guess that's not technically. Anyways. So, uh, he, he keeps saying like, have you tried going through the sewer grates? And I'm like, listen, buddy, I have no idea what you're talking about. And, uh, this food tastes a little funny, but, um, it turns out like you have to go above, like you got to go a level above these like metal grates and then use your, um, you're down, uh, your, your, your butt stomp, your, yeah, your butt stomp, your slam move. And then you like super Mario sunshine it into these like sewer pipes. <laughs> and, um, I discovered that way too late and there was a bunch of souls just left around. Like, I, I don't think most, most of them led to, uh, most of them led to, you know, the, just, uh, your, the soul currency, but it was, uh, it was one of those things where I'm like, ah, oh, man, I wish I knew that sooner because I'm pretty sure I walked by a bunch of them and now I just don't have the heart to like go through every single area in the game to try to find them because there's no map, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and you probably could have like upgraded some abilities sooner and maybe not had problem. Like maybe you would have been able to run faster and then wouldn't have got caught out by the Yeti. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think like there's just those little things. But again, it, it sounds like I'm I'm just sort of picking on like little things of the game and, and yeah I, I basically am like I think that for the most part I enjoyed my time with it um I just thought like it could have been it could have been a bit better and I think it would have been easier to recommend even as a game that like if you're a fan of of those old school Zelda games like I think this is a for sure hit like you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta check this one out and um I would even say like it has even that same sort of not just look and feel but also like that like the dialogue, the music, it's it, it kind of hits with some of what Zelda is usually laying down. So I don't know, like it's just got you got to be prepared for you know, to take some notes, I guess. I don't know. Don't be lazy like me. It is very much like almost like that old school, like the, you remember, maybe you don't remember because you're a little bit younger than I am. But the, like those text only games where you would have to like enter commands into like a command line. Yeah. <laughs> and say like, I turn left, I turn right. And obviously there's no map in that game. <laughs> so you'd have to like make a map on paper and that's kind of what this feels like is you need to be making a map on paper (laughs) yeah and then again like i think if you were to even just jot down in like your notes app like oh i found this area like and there are even things that i found in the game that i still don't know what they do like there are a lot of secrets in this game not just for finding like currency and gems and stuff but there's something related to the end game where you you can't do it until the end game you know like um there's it's just something that changes uh, at the very end that you have to kind of you have to wait for that to to progress even further but for the most part like i think it's well it's well balanced in combat and and in gameplay and if you don't get caught up on trying to find everything you likely won't hit the same you know walls of frustration that i did I, i think i had my most fun when i was just i you know i i was on the path you know i knew what i was doing um, and I was, I was just progressing through the story and there were only a few moments where I was in dungeon and I, and I kind of lost my way. Like I, I hit a wall, but you know, that's what guides are for. I had to look it up a couple times. I'm not, yeah, I'm not ashamed yeah. to say like, I want to enjoy <laughs> the game. 
I did well, buy I mean, it. And that's the thing. As long as you enjoyed the game, like you're not hurting anybody. You're having a good time and you ended up getting to the end because you were able to make use of things available on the Internet. Yeah, that's fine. I, I have mean, no problem with that. You used to have to buy. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm going all kinds of old school with the comparisons today. But yeah, you used to have to buy guides. <laughs> that like guides have always been a part of gaming. Oh yeah, good on you for using one. Exactly. I remember when uh, Super Mario 64 had come out, and we were trying to get all the stars, and we couldn't figure out. There was like one. It's an early level, and you had to get into. It's the level where you're up, and the 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 whole world is in the sky. And there's okay. like the owl in the tree. Anyways, you had to like get into a cannon and shoot off a chunk of the wall to get the star. And we could not figure it out. We eventually had to go buy the guide. Um, we had enough stars that warranted us wanting to buy the guide. Like we, we couldn't just go in and look it up and write it down, which I'm sure a lot of people did. Like just go into the Walmart and like <laughs> we know which star we need. We just got to write it down. But when you live in the middle of nowhere in a Walmart is a... It's quite a distance. You just, well, I guess we'll just buy this thing and so we don't have to pilgrimage. And we don't have to keep coming back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pilgrimage to the Walmart. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, um, yeah, there's nothing wrong with guy. I think this game is is just made better when, when you're continuing to progress. I find when you get stuck, it really did show, uh, uh, you know, some of the problems with it. But when I was on a roll, I was having a blast. And again, like I really dig the story. I think it's a really cool story that they've laid out as well. Agreed. Well, I mean, I somewhat agreed. <laughs> agreed for everything that I know of so far. <laughs> Are you going to keep like I know we have uh, uh, um, Horizon Forbidden West uh, coming out. Uh, tomorrow like are you are you gonna revisit this one like or are you gonna yeah, obviously you're gonna shelve it for a little bit I would imagine uh yeah I'll probably go back to it again the fact that it's on game pass means that you know I, I don't feel like I have any um obligation to play it I guess <laughs> um yeah. but I, I think I will um I'll go back to it for sure it was it was fun it had that like uh type of sense of humor and aesthetic that I really enjoy it was quite gothic and very um like muted colors except for like uh, there was this really bright pink when you started to damage enemies and they started to kind of like break apart and your weapons are also very bright colors which stands out against the the kind of muted background so i mean it's it's got all the it checks a lot of boxes for me i'll sh i'm sure i'll come back to it but um i do have uh, obviously forbidden west is coming out tomorrow so i'm going to be spending a lot of time in there um, I also tried out Lost Ark this week as well as Final Fantasy XIV. So um, I kind of I, I dabbled in a lot this week. Um, so I, I, let's talk about Lost Ark first because it has that same sort of um, 3D isometric view as Death's Door. But um, it's kind of been marketed as an MMO and I'm not sure if that's really what it is. It gave me like it's basically like Diablo vibes, <laughs> really. Um, so it's been out in, I believe, Korea for years, and they kind of just ported it and made it available to a Western audience. So it has, um, like story-wise, it's got some real weird kind of tropes. Like it, it, you're definitely not playing Lost Ark for the story. Um, but it has some cool visuals and I'm going to lump it in with Final Fantasy fourteen in that way because i find like a lot of the costuming a lot of the spell effects like a lot of the visuals were very very similar between those two games and i really enjoyed them like 
I've never glittered as much as I did in like in any video game as much as I did in the first like hour of Lost Ark. It's everything. It's just sparkles and glitter and cosmic whooshiness. And it's awesome. <laughs> it's very up my alley. And and same with like the costuming and the armor and stuff. It's all very ornate, very intricate. Um, but it's also like they fall into those tropes that I feel like a lot of Western video games have been trying to get away from, which is like, you can't be a warrior if you're a lady and, you know, you can't be a mage if you're a dude. And also you're going to have a teeny tiny little waist, but a really big butt. And you're going to run real funny because you're a light little lady, you know, like it has a lot of that stuff. Um, and apparently the the developer has said that they're going to be like removing a lot of the gender locked stuff and and everything else but um i i haven't gotten very far in it yet i know um so bo from uh, core has been playing a lot of lost ark like he is heavy into it so if you guys want to see more of this game you should go and check out bo's stream he's i've seen him streaming like every night playing mm. lost ark so he's really super into it but um, yeah, I don't know. I It wasn't for me, or at least I haven't hit the point where it's really sucked me in. And I think a lot of that has to do with um, with story. I, I like a good story. I like um, I like things to be well written and uh, and compelling in one way or another, whether it's something that's a little bit more simplistic, like Death's Door that just has a lot of smart humor in it, or if it's something a little bit more like a little bigger along the lines of a fa Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, and Lost Ark doesn't really seem to do either one of those things. <laughs> like, it's it's a very, very kind of simplistic, tropey story. Uh, and mechanically, I never really got that heavy into Diablo. So it is, it's very, it's like a click to move. It's your abilities are on your QWER type keys. And, you know, it's not the kind of control scheme I generally like in my games. And I know you can mess around with the key bindings and all that kind of stuff, but um, it's basically just like big, huge hordes of enemies come running at you and you explode them. And if that sounds like a fun gameplay loop for you, go check out Lost Ark. <laughs> um, I have heard like that it basically is um, has a lot of the trappings of a free-to-play game and end game is basically just a store. <laughs> So, you know, like I've heard some real terrible kind of um, reviews of the end game, but I don't know how true that is because I didn't find that it was like shoving free to play stuff in my face, like again, early on. So I don't know if that like gets worse once you once you start to unlock more things or what. But uh, yeah, I have heard that it's it's very like free to play and in your face about it later on. So, yeah, do keep that in mind. But if playing Diablo and exploding a lot of enemies all at once with your crazy big abilities sounds like fun, then uh, go and check out Lost Ark. But yeah, it's very in the vein of Diablo. And then in terms of Final Fantasy XIV, I tried that uh, just this past Friday. And so now I've got my, um, my character to level 20 on one job or one class, I guess. Um, and then I've got her to 30 or 31 on another class. And it's pretty cool. I will say, like, story-wise, I don't really care too much about the big world story. But the, I've really enjoyed the class-specific stories. Even though they were kind of, they were just the same, only different. I'll put it that way. It's like, you're going to learn from, like, the head of the guild on, like, how to be a white mage or how to be a black mage. 
and there's this like younger, smaller character who also wants to learn, but is like a, kind of a little bit of a rebel type character, you know, and you have to like try to guide them along the right path with you as you're learning. Like there, it's, it's the same kind of, uh, I guess, bones of the story, but the way that they tell it in both cases was really different and, and made it interesting, even though it shouldn't be, <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've played uh, Final Fantasy 14. But, you know, it, with Lost Ark, I, I did get a chance to jump into it. But I, I'm, I've had this weird, you know, aversion to playing PC games with a keyboard and mouse, because I'm literally on a keyboard and mouse all day in the office. Uh, where I would play video games on the PC. So I've a I actually booted it up on the PC in the living room, the older PC, um, which because it has limited controller support uh, in the sense that you can play the game with a controller, but the control scheme is absolutely terrible. Like uh, you have to like progress through menus and dialogue and interact with uh, stuff by like clicking in the thumbstick and there, it's not like Diablo where there are four abilities. There's like, I, I think my character is a gunslinger and they had like eight abilities and you have to use combo buttons to actually activate them all. But then there are also three types of guns that you get right off the bat. So immediately I'm just overwhelmed with not only a bunch of free to play menus, like not that there are like buy this, buy that, but just you, you get that sense that like, they throw everything at you with the UI right away, even if you don't need to see it. Um, there's a lot of like notification badges on everything and, and, mm, and, and whatnot. Yeah. And it's just, it threw me off. And I, um, like you, the story uh, being non-existent in this case, I think I was a gunslinger that got teleported into this like weird heaven realm and then got sent back down. And then I was on a pirate ship and then I crash landed on an island so, like, again, if that sounds like nonsense, I mean, yeah, I have no idea what's going on. Um, but maybe it goes somewhere more coherent. I have no idea. I get the sense mm -hmm. that the story, like you say, that whether it's it's non-existent or nonsensical, it's not a reason to play. No. Um, they basically just built a very loose world around a really cool combat and progression system, from what I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It just um, the gameplay was fun, but it's it's not even though they say there's controller support, like it's not the best way to play. But I don't know. I think if I were to play with a mouse and keyboard, I still don't think it would it would match. Um, but maybe I do need to check out both streams. I, I did check his Twitch page. He's literally been streaming it every day. <laughs> Yeah, he has been streaming it every day and uh, and he's really far and he's tried all the classes because he basically like leveled each class to like 15 or 20 or something to figure wow. out which one he really wanted to play. Like, yeah, he's he's deep in. So, again, that um, is is he Bo? What's his what's his switch Bo Swartz. Bo Swartz. OK, yeah, we'll link it in the show notes. Yes. But um, if you guys are interested in seeing what that kind of looks like, then uh, go and check out either his Twitch stream or his Twitch page to to go check out the VODs. But yeah. Lots of Lost Ark content over there from our friends at Core. Uh, if you guys are interested in supporting the show, if you like what we do, you can head on over to patreon.com slash thegamersin like Steven did. Thank you so much for becoming our February patron. Again, that is patreon.com slash thegamersin if you would like to support the show. 
That brings us to the news this week. And we do have some Forbidden West adjacent news. Mm. Uh, Lego has brought out a tall neck set, which actually looks really cool. (laughs) And I think that because the like monsters or animals or enemies or whatever you want to call them in um in the horizon universe because they're robots i think they really lend themselves to a lego set much more than some of the other like video gamey style sets that i've seen like sometimes things look really weird and you're like you weren't meant to be made of blocks (laughs) yeah but but robots work in blocks Yeah, I, I and you know, the best part about all of this is that it is it appears to be a, a somewhat affordable Lego set because I think. It's yeah, like, I was surprised. Yeah. It, like it looks quite big. I don't know how many um, like how many pieces it is, but it's, it's over. A, oh, OK, that's quite a lot because it's over a foot high, which makes sense. It, it's a tall neck, right? <laughs> so but yeah, fully assembled. It's over a foot high. Like yeah, 13 and a half inches or something. Yeah. So yeah, 13 and a half inches tall, um, $80 US coming out in May. And it comes with uh, a Aloy minifigure. It does. Yeah, there's a little Aloy. That's so cute. And I and I like that, like, there's some uh, surrounding like scenery that comes with it as well. Like there's an old broken down, um, like stoplight, mm-hmm. <laughs> which looks super cool. It's all rusty with like vines on it and things like it's, a, it's a pretty cool looking. Oh, and there's a little watcher too. Yeah. I didn't even see that little guy. A little strider there. Yeah. So that's a good touch. I, I mean, honestly, like I, I think I prefer, this is something I wanted to see from Nintendo. Like, and I think we both agreed on that is that we would like to see more of the traditional Lego sets that are just the, you know, set them up and, admire them for how cool they look and and you know maybe play a you know a little bit of lego on the side there's nothing wrong with that but like <laughs> i think that uh this is a really decent set and i would prefer to see like signature sets come out and i of course sony is going this route like because they they treat their first party stuff with with such reverence in that like it's got to be the best sort of representation of our first party products so like um this makes perfect sense to have, you know, the uh, Horizon be the first one. And I imagine there will be a God of War Ragnarok set coming out later this year as well. Um, although I don't know, like I think Lego struggles with mature uh, licenses. I know they don't, they like have a, a rule set against basically going anywhere near an M game. Mm. Uh, or an M property, I suppose. But Horizon's teen. I think that's fine. Like, Horizon has its violence, but it's like, it's robot violence. Well, it's not just robot it's violence. It's robot violence. <laughs> you're just fighting robots, but you're also fighting humans, too, you are you not? You do fight humans, yeah. <laughs> I won't know until Friday when I've refreshed all my memory of what Horizon is. <laughs> but this Lego set looks damn cool. I I think I'll have to get this one. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking that very shortly the shelf behind me on my streams is just going to be a shrine to Horizon between my like giant mammoth that's coming and <laughs> now the tall neck Lego and yeah, it's just it's going to be all Horizon all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh so what's going on with Cyberpunk? There's there's something they've finally done. Well, Cyberpunk 2077 is finally coming out uh, on next gener- well, current generation consoles. Um, they uh, detailed the update for Xbox Series S, uh, X, as well as the PS5. 
um, as well as some uh, some changes in the patch. It's patch 1.5. I think the biggest one and the biggest critique people had is like, it's a cyberpunk game, yet you're locked into your character's look from the get-go. Like you can't change their uh, appearance once you start, which doesn't make sense because it's a game all about modding. You know, that's the yeah. cyberpunk motto basically so uh (laughs) in this patch you can walk up to any mirror in your apartment and change your appearance and again like i think that was something we expected to from the get-go yeah and i think this is um i always appreciate games that allow you to change you know even if they allow you to change like your hairstyle or you know give yourself a a beard or a mustache or or earrings piercings that sort of thing like stuff that makes sense like but but in cyberpunk it should have made sense to be able to change anything even if you had to go to a specific you know uh i guess they call them uh ripper docs i I can't remember it's been a while but going Mm -hmm. to a specific uh, vendor to have it done like i would have been fine with that as well yeah um but they've uh, allowed it so you can change it in any uh, mirror in an apartment and there's a bunch of other quality of life changes and additions to the game but the biggest thing is that the free update is available that offers you know a true current generation version of the game um which does mean you will have to if you're on playstation you will have to download the ps5 version it's not just an update uh, although the updates are quite large i think on xbox they were like in the 50 gigabyte range so um it's a pretty hefty patch that changes quite a bit and from the details i watched the stream you know and from what we saw like they've made a lot of changes and a lot of improvements to the game and i think uh i think a lot of people would agree this is pretty much where folks expected the game to be at launch um so a year later we've we've got the cyberpunk that people were expecting i suppose so that's good news, I, I think. Like it, it's a game that sh- surely was worth checking out, and I think now that it's um, that it's essentially working, <laughs> and <laughs> and takes advantage of current generation hardware, it's a it's a good time to check it out. I think there are sales everywhere if you don't already own it, um, and there is a five hour trial. So I think if you download it on your your chosen console or even the PC, you can get five hours of play uh, for free, and that transitions into your main game if you end up picking it up. So it's a good chance to check it out. Yeah, I still haven't I still haven't played this. We own it, but yeah, it just never really appealed to me. <laughs> but with all the updates they've been doing, maybe I'll I'll poke Matt and see if he wants to to because I don't think he ever finished it. So see if he wants to go back to it and maybe I'll watch over his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. A uh, quick kind of uh, PSA, I guess. Uh, Wii U and the 3DS uh, over on the Nintendo side of things uh, are having their eShop closed down. Uh, now, don't panic. It's still over a year out. Uh, it's not until the end of March of 2023. But um, they are basically discontinuing your ability to make online purchases. So you can't um, add money to your Nintendo account you can't buy anything new. You'll still be able to download things you already own, which I think was uh, was a really good decision on their part. They're not fully removing online support from those platforms, um, but they are making it so you won't be able to uh, to make any new purchases, which I think is fine. Like it's the end of the life cycle for both of these things. So yeah, I think it's it's about time they just kind of like I I guess not about time. They could have left it open forever. But I think it's fine that they're that they're removing this functionality because they're giving so much notice. They're giving more than a year notice about this. Yeah. 
I think the struggle that a lot of people, including myself, have is um, there is a lot of downloadable only content uh, that was introduced in in this sort of phase. This is the first Nintendo platforms that had like true downloadable content um, on the Wii U and the 3DS. And one example that popped into my head that that did kind of make me think like, oh, shoot, that's going to limit our options is on Summoner's Call. We do game club of specific Fire Emblem games. And the conversation has come up of doing um, uh, Fates. Fates had three different paths, one of which was exclusive DLC unless you bought the collector's edition where they only sold like five copies. Um, uh, you know, not actually five, but, you know, a small amount. <laughs> I was like, really? What? No, no, a small <laughs> amount. I'd have to travel to Whirlwind's house to play it because he, right. he is the only one I know that, that owns the the collector's edition. And this is going to prompt a bunch of people in discord to say, no, I own it too. So I'll have options at least. But, uh, that was one of the examples I had of like, Oh, I, I mean, if I don't buy it before, you know, time runs out, because again, it's like, it's May 23rd, 2022. So in two, three months, you won't be able to add funds to your account, uh, on Wii U or 3ds using a credit card. And then by August, you won't be able to use eShop cards to add to your account. However, like you still have the ability to, um, I guess, add it through a linked ID like Nintendo Mumbo Jumbo. Yeah, <laughs> there's still a, a Nintendo-esque workaround. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun, but it's there. But I think like um, the other struggle is basically that uh, the Wii U and 3DS was the last sort of virtual console um, offering uh, as we knew it, where there was just a huge amount of... NES, Super NES, Genesis, Game Boy, DS, Wii games that you could download. And when you remove that ability and you limit these these platforms, um, a lot of games go with it, like older games. And, you know, the the article state, like there's a, a very typical uh, point of this article that is basically saying like uh, something about the virtual console. Um, like, hey, do you plan to do anything about older games? And they basically say, no, we feel like our our subscription service is the best offering right now. And, and again, like, sure, you think that, but again, like it removes options. And I think if uh, I agree with you, Jocelyn, like, of course, like you can't have it up forever. There are security concerns of of having to maintain multiple systems, especially payment modules like that. That's a big deal. Um, but you hope that this is the last one of those, right? Like, You've done it once. You've you've had to you know deal with the consequences and and the uh, the feedback of customers. Let this be the last one. Same thing with Sony. Mm-hmm. They shut down the Vita and the PS3 uh, store. Um, they had to go through those processes, and essentially, it was all about you know maintaining payment modules and payment processing on an older service. Um, and just let it be the last let, let develop your systems in a way that allows you to kind of like have a similar back end across all these cuz again the consoles you look at the PS4 to the PS5 the architecture is more PC like you know where it's similar to the Xbox like they developed it in a way where you can purchase you can still purchase your games Xbox 360 what have you so yeah yeah it's it's tough like you're this isn't nintendo existing in a vacuum they are competing with uh, microsoft whether they like to or not and microsoft offers you know 
offers a, a, not all of their back catalog, but a, a huge chunk of a it. A lot of it, yeah. Yeah, so like that's the biggest problem, and I think Nintendo is trying to catch up with their virtual console offering from previous generations, you know, adding the N64 and the Sega Genesis, but they still got a few more platforms to go. But And I think Nintendo will get there. Like, I think eventually they will get there, and, and the subscription model will be what they use going forward, but they they are removing like a good chunk of platforms like Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, um, uh, like I said, Wii games. So there's a good chunk of it, but uh, this is to be expected. This was not a surprise. I think Nintendo had sort of tipped their hat towards this, uh, I think a few years ago when they announced some changes to some platforms, but this is like, it's done. This is the, it's fine. This is the end. Yeah. <laughs> the, the dates announced. Yeah. Get your, get your, content while you can i guess (laughs) yeah and speaking of content we're gonna kind of like come full circle on this uh on this show because we talked off the top about paramount and their video game adaptations netflix is also doing some video game adaptation stuff with bioshock so there's now a movie in the works over there covering bioshock and this is not the first attempt at a bioshock movie but Given Netflix's track record, usually when they're ready to let stuff out and announce things, then it's it's pretty much a go, right? Like, but but do Ryan, do you think that they're actually going to get Bioshock made? Like, Netflix doesn't seem like they would shy away from an R rating at all. <laughs> no, no, I I think Netflix, um, Netflix uh, streaming services in general, uh, when when a when a company announces something. Like even even traditional television, I think for the most part, once you announce it and it's attached to like a like a platform or a channel, like it's pretty much a it's it's gonna happen um, for the most part. I'm sure everyone's thinking of a bunch of examples and what have you, but I think Netflix, you're right, it is a pretty good track record of developing at least one season uh, or one movie, and I think we'll get a Bioshock one absolutely from Netflix. Whether we get a Bioshock two, that is 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 to be seen but i think netflix is very good at holding themselves to their word and and uh, i don't feel like we need to wait for casting on this one like i think i think it's a done deal Mm -hmm. it's a great fit too yeah and i think movie in terms of bioshock i think movie is the right way to go um not that the story was necessarily light in bioshock but i do think that you can probably summarize that in two to three hour outing like depending on how netflix wants to look at it and again because they're a streaming service i really feel like they're going to give it whatever time it needs but i don't think you could make an entire tv show out of it right like no you've basically got in terms of like characters in the first one you've got like the voice talking to you you've got your character who do you ever even talk yeah you talk in bioshock i don't know i know you grunt for sure yeah (laughs) Don't know if you like, talk. I'm trying to remember, but like you've got the the voice of Ryan, right? It, that's like moving the plot along mm-hmm. and then like the big reveal at the end. But like for the most part, like I guess all the little the little girls talk, yeah. um, the little sisters. And then you've got the all of the like um, mutant people screaming at you. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you know, like in terms of actual like plot, I think it's a little bit too thin to, to warrant a TV show. Um, but yeah. I do think that the 
the universe is interesting enough that it could make a very compelling movie, especially for people who don't know like the story and the twist and stuff from Bioshock. I think it I think it could do very well on Netflix. Yeah, I think it's a it's a perfect match in terms of uh, both an adaptation and and the platform. I, I'm not worried about them going, you know, with a, a rated R film uh, for Bioshock. I don't think Netflix is worried either. And and yeah, like I, I thinking back to the original Bioshock, it is a uh, simple story, but it's a well-told story, and it's yeah, and it's easily adaptable into like a two-hour experience, two and a half-hour experience. I, I, I really much, I very much look forward to um, to seeing this, and I and I think uh, you know because it's a film, I feel like Netflix, like Netflix has really done a a weird, like they've been doing a lot more original series, and you do see sort of the budget constraints with their series, but when you watch their occasional film, especially their like, um more high-end fantasy or action films they 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 don't skimp on the budget so i have a feeling like this being a movie also does well for the fact that we're going to get a a very high budget bioshock film as opposed to if you were going to a a more traditional studio they might try to cut corners on the budget because it's a it's going to be rated r it's an older franchise uh it's still a video game movie like there's still those Mm hang-ups in traditional studios but i think netflix they're not afraid to take chances and i'm not sitting here saying making a bioshock movie is taking a chance i i think if you do it right it's pretty much a done deal well the original bioshock is still mentioned in conversations about like greatest video game of all time kind of deal like there's a lot of love for bioshock so Yeah. And again, because the story is a little bit more simplistic, I think it will translate well to a movie. So I think that there's going to be a lot of interest in this. And also because it's on Netflix and it's not done by a traditional studio, it's just going to be available, right? Like you have to pay your Netflix subscription, but it's not like you have to go out of your way to go to a theater or to pay like 25, 30 bucks, whatever off of another streaming service to rent it for 24 hours. Like It's just going to go on Netflix and then be there. So I kind of expect it to do pretty well because it's going to be one of those things that a lot of people are just going to be sitting down on like a Thursday night going, well, what do I want to do with my life? What's on Netflix? Oh, Bioshock. Okay, I'll give this a shot. Like the barrier to entry for this is a lot lower um, given that it's a a Netflix property. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be I I think it's going to be entertaining if nothing else. (laughs) Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, so that's going to do it for us this week. If you guys want to join the conversation and let us know what you think about uh, all of these video game adaptations into more traditional media, or if you're hyped about Forbidden West that comes out tomorrow, or anything else that we've talked about this week, head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Other than that, you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.